I don't know if I'd call it like a masterpiece of filmmaking, but I did like Wonder Woman. I thought that, I still haven't seen the sequel, which I, that I hear is rubbish. Oh, 1984. Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong. Um, which is, oh God, I'm like, I love the idea. I love getting Pedro Pascal and it, bringing in Cheetah, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah and make yeah. it in the eighties and make it all colorful. I'm like, they got yeah. hunt. Like it just, everything seemed like, yeah, right on. And then the movie sucked. I absolutely expected it to be good going in, <sighs> looking at the aesthetic and everything. I was excited about it. As these movies like to do. Do you know what has never done that? Star Trek. Not once. Not a once. Gosh, you know, I watched Voyager the other day. Another masterpiece of an episode. Yeah. No well, meh at all. No. Oh, uh, yes. In case you couldn't tell everyone, um, you have stumbled upon a Star Trek podcast that we like to call Star Trek Stories. <laughs> Yay! Um, yes. Welcome all to the show. I am um, your host, Jaron Hatch, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. Hoi. Hoi, Jaron. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, enjoying some wine. Mm. Nice little chilly Sunday. There was an next gen that came up while I was doing stuff, and it was an Alexander episode. I'm like, but the episode title cracked me up. I was like, the episode title was called Ethics. I'm like, this just might be the most on the nose next generation title. Ethics. Ethics. <laughs> Is that, isn't that every episode? <laughs> right. That's like the one they've had in the back pocket. If we literally can't come up with any other title, we're Ethics. just that stuck. Ethics. Ethical. Quandaries. Ethical dilemma <laughs> of the week. So for those who are new to the podcast, um, we just finished watching a big old chunk of episodes. Um, we just finished our look at what we called the TNG glory years. Um, this was our fourth selection of episodes um, in our 100 episode list that we're currently watching. Um also been our biggest chunk of episodes so far. Uh, we just got really deep into the next-gen sauce on this one. Deep <laughs> into the lore. Um, yeah, this was a 15-episode selection um, comprising episodes from seasons four, five, and six from Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, period of time spanning from 1992, 1992, and, oh boy, we definitely basked in the early 90s glory. <laughs> Um, of this whole junk. Um, yeah, TNG. So we've watched a few um, TNG episode selections um, now. Three, three, three of the four have all been centered on Next Gen, each with a slightly kind of um, different focus. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? It's just so much of the, the meat and potatoes of the Star Trek experience. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, this was when... TNG was at like the height of its creative powers and was like musty TV for millions of people. Um, and the show had more or less hit like a consistent level of quality. Um, like just churning out quality episode after quality episode with some hiccups from time to time. I'll make you proud Riker. <laughs> oh, Picard dad. We did get some Wesley Crusher and uh, still, so it's not perfect. <laughs> 
I envy you, Wesley Crusher. Now get off my show. <laughs> <laughs> um, this might be the delirious just talking. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. What we just watched and... Um, in particular, I mean, like we just watched The Glorier, so I guess kind of talking about what makes the first couple li- like lists were kind of the rise of the show. We watched like the really rocky start and the growing pains of Next Generation. Then we kind of watched the turnaround during the Renaissance, um, and now we're just like in it to win it. Um, so now we can really, I don't know, talk about what makes the show, I don't know, so beloved or what makes it work so well. Yeah, so first off, Aaron, I mean, I, so um, let's start with, I had to come up with some titles for the these kind of chunks of episode, kind of speaking to what it is we're watching and kind of what we're focusing on. And this one I ended up calling the TNG Glory Ears. And I think when I first announced that's what it was, you're like, that that's what we're calling this? The Glory Ears? The Glory Ears? The TNG Glory Hole Ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? Uh, so just starting with the title... Now that we've watched this kind of little um, selection of episodes, this curated list of 15 episodes, do you think, uh, does the title fit? Art, would you call these the glory years? Yeah, it would have to be the glory years. So many big reveals, huge two-parters in there. And and yeah, it's all just like a ship sailing through space at this point as a show. It's running. It's on its own five-year mission and killing it. Yeah. Um, No. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about how, you know, um, and last time that during the Renaissance, there are some people who kind of point to that being the best era of the show. But I think in terms of just like a general overall level of quality, I'm like, I think my biggest thing when I watch this era of Star Trek, um, and I think it's a little different. This will be a little different for you because Next Generation is still relatively newer for you. Whereas next gen is like old hat, like that and the OG show are like as old as, you know, memories get for me as these two shows. So this is all just like, just so heavily baked into me. And, you know, we called this show Star Trek stories for a couple different reasons, but one certainly of which is for me, uh, when I think of Star Trek, for me, I think about the episode titles and like the episodes themselves. For me, it's literally the stories that Star Trek tells. That's what I latch on to. It's always it's a little different for all the fans, but that's that's what it is for me. And when I just think about like, and people like ask me like, what do you? Why do you like Star Trek? You know, what is it about Star Trek? And I'm like, I just like the kinds of stories they tell. I just think they're really they're really interesting and. It, it, they still kind of stand out to me in the TV landscape. Um, and when I think about this stretch of next generation, and even, and this is someone who is like, I would still probably say the original show is still my personal favorite. But when I, when, if someone tells me like, you know, what do Star Trek stories look like to you? I kind of think of the kind of episodes we just watched in this list, like these kinds of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that really make you think the ones that, that drive home those ethical questions, ethics. 
Yeah, there's some, yeah, ethics. <laughs> Not that one in particular, maybe, but, you know, others. <laughs> there's some dilemma, or if not dilemma, there's some high concept thing, like Remember Me, hmm. like the Dr. Crusher in the, in the Disappearing Universe oh episode. God, such a good episode. Love that episode. It That's not really like an ethical quandary episode. That's just one of those like high concept. But there's just like such a concept to latch on to. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about Star Trek, though, is is these characters in big moments like that, having to make big life-changing, life-ending or life-saving decisions. You know? mm-hmm. um, nothing does it quite like Trek. I can't quite get, nail the word. To yeah, it is kind of hard to nail down. Um because that one of the other examples I was going to bring up, even though I don't know if this is necessarily one of the best episodes, but like the host mm. where another Beverly Crusher episode um, where she, and maybe those two Crusher episodes are a good little encapsulation of kind of these kind of what, you know, polar things about this. Like you get the high concept stuff and then you get like the kind of ethical character Mm-hmm. stuff and we get kind of we got both of those with those two crusher episodes it's the ethical character stuff that make you care more about these characters in the high concept moments right mm, yeah. you're just so invested in crusher mm-hmm. okay yeah um yeah so you know one of the first questions i was going to ask you is um i don't know what do you think about this era of the show or these episodes works so well but i think you already kind of answered when you just had like it's how they focus on those characters in these stories. Mm. Mm. Would you, would would you say like, is, is that what really makes like this whole thing work? And we've talked about like the cast and characters a couple times. And like, is this, is this what makes the show? Like, I don't know. In your mind, is this kind of like, what is it? These characters that makes the whole thing work? Yeah. And it's also the writing. I feel like you get a sense of, Feeling comfortable, feeling comfortable at the reins mm. with the show, across all hands, mm. right? I think that really adds to the glory years as well. Mm. Like they they know they're coming up with good stuff, and that's giving them confidence to come up with even better stuff. I think that really shines through. Mm. Yeah, certainly the writing has taken a a step up, and even in some of the, because I would say like most everything we watched in this. I don't know if we watched like, did we watch a bad episode in this list? Something that we would just say like, this just wasn't good. Whether or not we enjoyed it is another thing. Maybe Final Mission. I was going to say Cupid, but Cupid is such a good episode. That was silly. Yeah, we had a good time watching it. Whereas, yeah. I mean, we still we had a good time watching Final Mission too, but we were not terribly kind. <laughs> <laughs> Nor were we invested. We were talking about a bunch of other stuff too. But you know, um, you know, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth over the years. It's like, is it the characters? Is it the writing? Um, and I think, I mean, cert- so the writing has definitely taken a huge step up. And some episodes that we watched, like, one I keep coming back to is The Wounded. When, we watched, when Dallas came over and watched The Wounded, I'm like, this is such a good um like story, like and like looking at stuff, and you know we've had chain of command, mm. I Borg when oh, I when Borg. Jenny came with the Borg and everything. You know, it's like there have been some really well written episodes, 
as I've been thinking about it, I think I I I might elevate the writing is hugely crucial and the show couldn't work without the writing. Um I think for me it is the characters. Yeah. Um for one big thing. So like when we watched coming back to like kind of what you said earlier when we we're kind of like talking about remember me and the host you know it's like because we get these kind of character centric like ethical episodes with Beverly we care about stuff like you know remember me the high concept stuff yeah uh, and you know thinking about the host you know we had Ellie come over and we watched you know the host and it was it's it's a fine it's an interesting thought-provoking episode. I don't know if it's, I, I would not say that was the best episode we watched, but certainly like it was fine enough and thought-provoking. It, it goes full Star Trek. Absolutely. It, it absolutely goes full Star Trek. Oh, yeah. But we did address, it's like they, this episode, had they had this, had they had this could, could have even been better. Yeah. There was just some things they, there's a lot they're trying to tackle. There are just some things that, I, it, you know, it, it kind of gets muddy. What, what was this about? It's a little simple. It's a little short to dive into everything they wanted to talk about. Right. Yeah. All that stuff. I think what carries it through, though, is even when they aren't pumping out, you know, a, a classic of the week, you are still like we were still really invested in that episode because mm-hmm. we care about Beverly. And so I think even when. You know, they're pumping 26 episodes out of season. They're not all going to be winners. But just the fact that they have done the work with these characters to make you care, even when the show isn't at its strongest writing or on a production level, you're just so invested in those characters that you can still, yeah, this wasn't the best episode, but just because I'm invested in Beverly. I want to see her be happy and I want to yeah, see her be happy and I still want to, and I'm still engaged. I still want to see how this plays out for her. Mm-hmm. So I think for me over the, as the years have gone on, I'm like the writing would be at such a close second, but I think those characters really are when they have nothing else to fall upon. And even in some of the worst episodes, they still have those characters. Yeah. And they have the dynamic between them the relationships between them yeah you really just love seeing them on screen it's just yeah it's it's magic it is like friends it's weird and weird segue i went to see a friends experience thing this morning but like Mm -hmm. yeah when those all those characters those six people are on screen together it's fucking magic magic it's just it works right again not every episode is some memorable masterpiece something but you just those characters are so good and lovable and you just you can't help but still right yeah be engaged um but certainly yeah but i mean but but, yeah the writing my goodness the writing um I mean, now that I've just praised all the the like the actors and and you know characters for being like what makes the show, I'm like shout out to Sir Patrick, it, what a yeah, performance! Yeah, you know, lovely, wonderful actor. Beautiful. Still working today. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if you knew that. He gets around. <laughs> it's good to see him working again. Honestly, uh, yeah. God, how many times? I mean, we must have said it. How I don't know how many times we said it. Almost, it almost feels like every episode where it's like 
And certainly some of the ones like Final Mission. This was not the best episode. Do you know However, who was, do you know who was really good in this episode? Patrick Stewart's Captain Picard. <laughs> just nailed it. Um God, he just brings so much. So even with some of the most like, I don't know about this episode, but he commits so hard that you're like, All right, if you're on board, I'm on board, dude. All right. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, but not yeah, but we certainly not to, because in in this um, whole section, I would say that a, like a lot of what makes this is how good the writing is. Um, it really yeah, it lets the characters and it lets the actors just bring those characters to life. Mm-hmm. When the writing is good, it makes the job really easy. Right. I mean, a lot of times, you know, good writing is what makes your characters it gives you know makes them interesting so it's it's certainly not them pulling the show all by themselves <laughs> what i love about star trek too is like sometimes like the writing is really strong but it's really it can only be 80 percent of it until they get like the makeup on or whatever so many actors in the show they're like i i had an idea of the character but i didn't really see it and know it until i was in the chair and i saw myself in the mirror with full makeup and then it was like i had that aha moment like this is who I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it takes a village. The makeup, the writing, mm-hmm. all of it helps inform those characters. Do you think? Do you think Next Gen is nuanced in how it portrays these kind of social issues? Um, I don't know what you're kind of like. It's peaks and valleys. Yeah. 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 You know, like every Star Trek series, sometimes they miss the target. Um, like with the Vietnam stuff in the original series. <laughs> sure. You know, they wanted to shoot for something and they, they couldn't quite hit it, you know. It's... And you know, other times they, they absolutely nail it. Yeah. It's tricky. Like, I mean, Star Trek's famous for being a social commentary show. Um. It has been since the, the literally the beginning, um, and it's it's there's this kind of there's this I don't know balance board of like sometimes and I think we I think we've got I, I I'd have to think about it but I'm pretty sure we've gotten examples of both of these kind of episodes. There are the ones that are too on the nose, mm. um, and like the aforementioned like like vietnam episode it's like it's very it's very obvious what this is about but then to the point where it's like it doesn't really say much or add anything it's just like vietnam yeah and it's like keep your eye on that (laughs) okay think about it you know or you know and then but then on the flip side there are the episodes that they, you know, we they take the step back and they're not so on the nose, but then they are so generalized and so metaphorical and so allegorical that then it kind of ends up really not being about anything. Like, just whatever war you know. is bad, <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Thank like, you. <laughs> uh, but even in something like war, there is nuance. Like, yeah, we all get it. War is bad, but it's like, just to be like, 
racism bad war bad and it's like we yes of is course better episode better tv to say is war ever necessary you know like stuff like that which star trek also does right yeah. and that's why i thought i mean I, again I, I i i don't even know if i'd call this the best episode to watch but i keep coming back to the wounded because hmm. i feel like you know they introduced the cardassians um and there's thing with the with the federation um and I don't. They're 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 specific enough, and like they're like, yeah, what this guy is doing is bad, but then there's so much like humanity and nuance still to like this is the guy suffering from PTSD and trauma and um or Iborg. Um, when we watched that, I mean, we kind of walked away with like that episode brings up huge questions of genocide. And then all, and and then on the flip side, individual autonomy. Like talk about two <laughs> huge extremes. Right. Um, but it it kind of ad- addresses those things in interesting ways, um, in very specific ways. But then isn't like genocide bad, right? You know, this is how you should feel and think. No, um, but even though it's very clear in getting its own its own point of view across. It, it does portray, like, if we were to do this, this would be bad, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. It's not like they don't come to decisions or conclusions about anything, but I think when it works the best is when they do in a very interesting, nuanced way that makes sense within the story and then leaves the conclusion up to you as the audience, what do I think about that conclusion? Rather than it's like, well, but is it bad or is it good? It's like... <laughs> No, then then who cares? That that's where I was before this episode started. <laughs> but if you can if you can bring to me a point of view, yeah, we think this is bad in this context. What do you think? Then you have something to like respond to. Mm-hmm. I think that's when Star Trek gets it right is when they're specific enough, the episode itself comes to a point of view and a conclusion, but still kind of leaves leaves it up to you like it, it kind of still presents it to you as an audience member. It's like and and now what does that make you think about? Right. Yeah. Here's our take. How do you feel? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, that's when they really get it right. Mm. Um, in this, I mean, we watched a lot of good episodes, and was there if is there anything in this chunk of episodes? Because I just had you know I asked you a bit ago what really works. Is there anything that you'd be like, or if I were to ask like what didn't work? Generally, was there anything in this section? I don't know that could have been more. Um, didn't quite follow through, or you know, there are. I can't think of any real specifics right now, but there are. I've noticed some plot moments in Next Gen that really, it's like you understand the reason why the the episode goes the direction it does because they need the TV to happen. Yeah. But it's like, why would Picard make that decision in that moment? You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff that really doesn't make sense when you stop and think about it for more than a second. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, it's because TV. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it's just TV. But Captain like, Maxwell, I'm giving you back command of your ship. <laughs> that's not going to come back and bite me in the ass in T minus five. Full. <laughs> oh, what wha- happened? Yeah. Who could have possibly guessed? Stuff like that. <laughs> that doesn't really work, but... I mean, really solid television. Yeah. We just got through a, a meaty chunk of good Star Trek. Yeah. yeah no, it's kind of hard to point out. I mean, like, there are particular flaws like that, but I'm like, 
honestly, that's nitpicky. I mean, like yeah. in, in any fiction you're going to run into. The more you have to explain, the more holes you're going to create. Right. Yeah. And you only have so much time to do these. And so sometimes there are going to be plot conveniences and it's like, that's not necessarily a problem. Like it's just stories. Yeah. That's, that's just how it goes. Um, it's just when you really start to rely on those and then like the rules kind of start to break down because mm. it's like, Oh, we just, we need to be able to do whatever we want. I'm like, well, there needs to be still internal logic <laughs> and consistency. Yeah. Well, thank God we had the whatever device. It was a thing with Bob. Solar winds. <laughs> we well, see it's, it's really explained by, it's like if a frog, shot its tongue out and caught an insect in midair. That's what our tractor beam is like. A diversion. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Legolas. Legolas. Have you been here the whole time? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's hard for me to point out huge flaws. Um, Picard's bald. I don't know if you noticed that. That's kind of a huge flaw. Huge problem. Um, Here, Okay. Let me know what you think about this. A potential flaw. Hmm. Um, when the show, st- when we started with the characters in the Growing Pains, they were all very stiff, figuring out the characters. In the Renaissance, we definitely see this kind of explosion of kind of growth and people becoming more comfortable, um, which is kind of exciting in that whole time period. Do you think? Do we continue? And granted, we we only watched like a little fifteen episode slice of this period. There's many more episodes we did not watch. Do you think this episode? Do you think this period of time continues to grow the characters, or is it more of a case where they've the show's just gotten really comfortable with the characters? Yeah, yeah, I think they know who the audience favorites are at this point. Mm-hmm. And so they're growing those characters, mm-hmm. right? And so like specific yeah. growth. <laughs> Data, growth off the charts. Yeah. Uh, Worf, not so much till a little later mm-hmm. when he gets a new show. Uh, Troy, mm-hmm. not so much. Hey, they got her in the uniform finally. I mean, that's there you something. Go. Six seasons, she's in a uniform now. <laughs> Troy the Riveter. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> Picard gets assimilated by the Borg, and that's Jones certainly, back. yeah. And he's, he's got trauma he's got to deal with. And, and he's dealing with that forever now. Forever. Uh, Riker kind of just stays the same. Kind of just being Riker. Yeah. It seems like there's a little bit with him at the beginning where he's like, and then he just kind of hits this plateau where right. he's just kind of like, and now I'm just Riker. And now I'm <laughs> your trusty Commander Riker. <laughs> <laughs> forever forever and ever yeah i yeah like yeah certainly certainly with characters like data and picard and we you know i I would say wharf tube it i don't this is just a case of i just don't think we watched the episodes that particularly focus on his growth yeah like because there's all sorts of shit that happens to wharf during this time period Mm. um yeah uh, yeah, it's it's hard to call it a huge flaw though, just because like the stories are so good. Um, yeah, it's hard to say flaw. If I had to, if I had to have one major critique, that might be it. But is it any like a critique that kind of like? I mean, this is like the best era of the show, <laughs> so yeah. it's hard to be like, well, one of the great TV shows of all time. So it's hard to be like, boo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, anything could be better, but you know. 
they all work together so well though mm-hmm. you know even if they don't necessarily all get super fleshed out yeah yeah that would be my biggest critique but again the show is still <laughs> fantastic oh what a show <laughs> um you know so like we call it, we call it the glory years uh, there are still fans to this day who lots of fans who will go back to this era of the show and point to it like this is this is when Star Trek was at its best, hmm. generally speaking. Would you agree? I don't know about that one, Chief. Um, maybe this is where TNG was at its best. Yeah. Certainly that. Uh, no, I think Star Trek gets better from here. I think the peak comes a little later mm. in the 90s. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, maybe Deep Space Nine <laughs> season four, season five. <laughs> oh, my God. That f- season four, five, six run of Deep Space Nine is just... Oh, cha-cha. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one for me. Like, I feel like on, on some level, I would be like, on some level, yes. In terms of just like, this might be the era that's... If someone were to ask you, like, if you were, boil down Star Trek, what what kind of shit does Star Trek do, and and when it does it well, like, what are they doing? Like, if you were just kind of boil all of it down, because all the different all the Star Trek shows kind of take it in its own direction. They all have the these again when I like when I was talking about. Um, like the Star Trek stories, like these just seem so, so Star Trek-y. And, and on some level, like if you were just like to boil down like the kinds of episodes that Star Trek does, generally speaking, I look at this era, I'm like, yeah, it feels like this era that really kind of nails it down and kind of codifies. This is kind of a, here is a good baseline for how you do good Star Trek episodes. On that level, I would say, sure. Then, yeah, this is the best. Um, do you, Was there a favorite episode? Amongst these. In this go-around. Not Data's Day. <laughs> okay, not Data's Day. <laughs> yeah, remember me. Mm, Come on. Remember me, yeah. Which is funny because it's kind of so many of them were these kind of ethical dilemma episodes, mm-hmm. and that was one of the few that was not that. That one just hits me to my my sci-fi core. Mm. Like, oh, scary sci-fi thriller story. That one is pure sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Pure sci. You could not do that story in any other genre. Some of these other ones were, you know, displacement torture you can certainly tackle those things in other genres but like the existential crisis of like the universe imploding on you just that moment of (laughs) wesley and jordy doing their thing and crusher's there and then flash and she's gone and wesley barely even catches he doesn't really catch he turns over he's like mom oh such chills oh so freaky i love it I love it when Star Trek does that. If there's nothing wrong with me, then there must be something wrong with the universe. 
sanest line <laughs> ever spoken by anyone. Um, jeez. I have like nostalgic favorites. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is this show is baked into my DNA. So shit like Future Imperfect, um, and Remember Me are really in there. Um, Chain of Command certainly part two is awesome. Is classic. If part one was on the same level of quality of part two, I would say it's easily. Yeah easily if it were like more of a true two-parter right yeah it kind of feels like part one is the kind of like long build-up and then part two was like well this one's really good yeah. <laughs> um so chain of command part two uh, I, I feel like is is kind of the default winner just because it's so iconic it's still really powerful uh incredible performances Joy debating with you, Picard. You have a keen mind. Nice thermos, bro. <laughs> Shattered. If I have to take that one out of it, mm. um, I, you know, I've mentioned it a couple times already, and this is one of those episodes that I've definitely like. As you grow older, it's interesting when you're a lifelong Star Trek fan. It's interesting to see kind of how you're appreciation of certain things and episodes changes and shit like future imperfect and remember me that's the kind of shit i came to star trek for as a kid um and then something like the wounded i was like yeah whatever fine now when i watch the wounded every time i go back to that one i'm like this one really is interesting to me and i think this is a really good episode that might be like my if if i so if Chain of Command Part Two is like the easy winner, I'm like, then the Wounded might be my honorable mention, or Iborg because I think Iborg is also yeah that one is that very thought provoking, extremely thought provoking, and I still wrestle with that one. Um, so Chain of Command Part Two, Iborg, and and then my. As my honorable mention would be the wounded. Yeah. Um. So th- th- there might be some out there listening to the podcast who might, you know, we're watching this hundred episode list that is covering the entire franchise. Uh, there are some out there listening who might question the the amount of TND TNG we've watched. A little too much TND there, boys. For a hundred episode list. Um. If we're counting this chunk with the last two sections. We've just watched 35 straight episodes of TNG. And this is the last selection of episodes that is exclusively dedicated to Next Generation, but we're still not quite done with it yet. So there's still even more to come. Um, so it's by far the most well-represented show on the list. Nothing like, there's a huge chunk of Next Generation on the list. Um, I've tried to wait this, like for anyone who's interested, I've tried to wait this whole list by the total number of episodes per series of which next generation, I think there's still has more episodes than any other Star Trek show. Um, and then the impact in that particular series had on the franchise, um, which is why I've kind of really weighted it heavily toward next gen. That said, 
Do you think we've given Next Generation too much attention? No. Okay. <laughs> now, good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, no, we're giving it a good amount of attention that it deserves. It's just, it's iconic. It's, it's so just, iconic. You can't ignore it. You can't just be like, no. and Next Gen, here's a couple episodes of moving on. No. 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 It would be a disgrace. Mm, it would be such a disgrace. The show would never be taken seriously, not that it is. But like, <laughs> we would have no chance. <laughs> Where's my Emmy? My <laughs> Emmy! Yeah, any any final thoughts on this chunk of episodes we just watched? Oh, final thoughts. TNG, I love you. It's been such a trip getting mm. to know this show. Yeah. Finally. How has it been for you? Because you've been simultaneously watching through the entire show with Cass <laughs> for the first time. I'm honestly going to have to go back and watch it again, again. I'm going to have to give it a little time mm-hmm. to to marinate mm-hmm. and maybe watch something else and then go back and really just, maybe I'll, that's what I'll put on when I get home from work. I'll watch a TNG. TNG. Yeah. How has it been kind of watching it that way and then kind of, because I know what's how some of this has gone is like, is you will have recently watched one of these episodes with cast and mm-hmm. you're getting to watch it again. How has it been kind of for you s- discovering the entire show for the first time and then kind of also getting these kind of more in-depth looks on here? You know, what's fun is like, it's been kind of sort of serendipitous how the episodes I watched with cast end up being the episodes that we watch on the show. Mm-hmm. That's happened several times, mm. especially in TNG. It's like, mm. oh, I literally just watched this one on the cast a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago. Um, that's been a, a neat experience because then I'll already have prepared thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I have feelings on this one. Yes, Yay! ready to go. Like, oh, I've been saving that one. Yeah. So that's been a small joy. Um. And yeah, it's just like a double dose of Star Trek. It kind of feels like the old days mm. coming home. And Star Trek was just on. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Which is good. Should have a, a Star Trek on as noise or if you're sitting down to watch it or whatever. It's just a good thing to have on. Oh, yeah. Or I mean, like, like I said, when I'm setting fall up. Fall asleep to or whatever. When I'm setting up, I just start playing episodes in the background and it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Trek makes wonderful back noise. Yes, it does. Background noise, people. <laughs> Especially Voyager. Um, final thoughts. Um, if, I, like, again, for, for me, the big takeaway is like, I again, this is, and this is someone whose favorite is the original show. This is the quintessential Star Trek show. Yeah. Like if someone were to say like, there's so much Star Trek. If so, and someone's like, I, I look, I'm not going to watch all of it, Jaren. I'm just going to watch one. Watch mm-hmm. next gen. Ne- and, and I, and I, 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 my favorite is the original show. I think secretly the best one is deep space nine. I would still say watch the next generation, but that's just the one. And some would say that's what makes it the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, not the most bold. I don't want to call it the safest because it definitely takes its own chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there was like a such a thing as a Star Trek purity test, it's hard for me to imagine. This is like 89% pure Star Trek. Pure Star Trek. Yeah. Right? 
it's it's one of the Gene Rod. It's one of the two that Gene Roddenberry, the man himself, created. But then, like a lot of those kind of like voices and and writers who would go on to like do also Deep Space Nine and Voyager, who really defined that golden age, also worked on it. Like it just kind of like it. Everything came together for this to be like this is the one. If you're gonna watch one, this is the one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, next generation. Not to mention all those toys. Oh, the toys. I still got them. I was like, all right. Um, it's been a lot of fun watching this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, as always, you know, all good things come to an end. And we always have to take our little breaks from Star Trek. Um, like you do. There are other things out there to watch and do with yourself besides Star Trek. I know it sounds crazy, but there are. Just buckle in, people. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um... Um, yeah, so we're going to take a little break from Star Trek. Um, not a long one. We never do. It's a Star Trek podcast. Um, <laughs> watch a little something else. Um, yeah, so for those who are who are new to the show, who don't know, so in bet- when we're in between episode selections, um, we watch non-Star Trek movies just to kind of balance out our nerd horizons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get that little broader perspective on nerd culture. Cleanse the palate. Yeah. The palate cleansers. Yes. That's what they are. Um, yeah, so we watched nerd movies. Um, um, last time we on uh, Nerd Movies 3, we watched Jaws. Um, such at, fun. Such fun. Yeah, we had a, lot, had a fun time chasing sharks and talking about the summer blockbuster. Cass had, came on. She had never seen Jaws before. Mm-hmm. She hates the water, so I'm like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> Tanner was on. Good friend Toby was on. We all had a good, had a good time with Jaws. Jaws. This time around, we're going to be jumping forward back into kind of like, um, I mean, Jaws was like the OG summer blockbuster back in the 70s, but we're going to be jumping back to more of like a modern um, cinematic perspective with our next film. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We've you know we've looked at a few genres so far in nerddom. We've looked at kind of horror slash Steven Spielberg with Jaws. Those are basically two genres on all themselves. <laughs> um, Batman. We did the Batman before that, which is basically our little superhero film. And then of course we had Star Wars before that, which is our other big space <laughs> spacey franchise. Um. So for this next one, space, spacey, space, space, spacey, space. Um, for this next one, we are going to be just doing more of like a pure action movie for this next one. And action has been in all of these movies on some level, um, but action is a genre in of itself. Um, lots of classic action movies. I want to. I feel like the eighties is when like action the action movie genre repeat <laughs> yeah die definitely. hard in a lot of ways leave the weapon it was almost too much in the 80s oh I mean, the whole 80s was just too much in general we kind of had a repeak of action movies in the early mid 2000s yeah i mean they're still around mm-hmm. we still get them um uh james bond mission impossible mm-hmm. kind of fall into that we still get those jesus christ it's jason Bourne <laughs> again <laughs> You commit yourself to this program. Um, yeah, so we're going to be jumping into just more of like a pure action movie experience. And 
when you're kind of, there's and there are definitely lots of choices like i said james bond mission impossible die hard mm-hmm. there are lots of potential avenues but it's like what is just like a pure the purest action movie um and we have decided on for nerd oh, movies for you guys are going to be so stoked um in terms of just a pure action movie we could do no better than George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. We're going to be doing Mad Max Fury Road for Nerd Movies With the fire and the guitars. Oh, yeah. I am super excited to watch this film. I have not seen it since I watched it the one time in the theaters, but I loved every second of it. And I was like, oh, this is a movie I want to like savor from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's been a while now. So it'll be fresh, even though like it left a huge impression on me. Uh, so I'm really excited to yeah. be jumping into it. Um, totally. I want to go home and watch it right now. Right, right. now. <laughs> the movie is basically just one giant ass chase sequence. Yeah. The whole movie. So it's like just that alone. I'm like, it's hard for me to imagine a pure it's like a action movie. <laughs> context. Here's this. Here's that. Here's the people, and we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like as much you know, so we we will be looking at the um, the action movie genre with this film and what makes a good action movie. Ooh. I would imagine. Um, because I think most people agreed, like this is. I mean, this is one of the movies that literally like transcends the. Not literally, but most people would agree that this transcends the genre. Mm. This is just one of the great movies of all time. But then it just perfectly encapsulates everything you want from a good action movie when it's when it's doing its best as an action movie. Um, but you know, in addition to that, and one of the reasons why it is so good is because they basically just let him, George Miller, do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, like here's. A check. Go achieve your vision. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, that'll be the other big thing we look at with this one is not just the pure action film, but also the Hollywood, like nerd auteur movie. You know, when they just let like a, a, a creative visionary just go make the movie he wants to make, mm-hmm. and you know the Hollywood system be damned. Like, here's your blank paycheck. There you go. Make right. an awesome movie. And there, I'm sure there's times when that's an absolute disaster play. Right? Sure. <laughs> but this is time. I, I guess he just had like a solid pitch I mean, going in and they're yeah. like, yep, yep. All things. Yes. Yep. 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 Cause it's been talked about for years and years, like leading up to that movie. Like, Oh, when is he going to bring out the next Mad Max sequel? You know, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, we're in talks. I mean, his whole thing was like, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, if you know, he just felt like there were so many just like piss poor action movies or just mediocre action movies. And he's mm-hmm. like, they don't need to be like this. And so his whole thing was like, basically just to show everyone, like, here's how you do an action movie and make it awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we'll get into it when we watch the film, of course, but I would argue that he succeeds. <laughs> Arguably, yes. <laughs> Um, so good. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So yeah, we've both seen this, but I haven't seen it in a while, so it's gonna mm-hmm. be fresh for me. And I'm I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a good excuse to watch this film again. Um, and this is gonna be perfect. Um, 
And once again, as with all these nerd movies, we will be we will be bringing on a panel of three guests to come um, talk about it with us. We usually get uh, someone who's a big fan. We usually get someone just kind of more casual, and we usually get someone who's never seen it before. So, do you know any huge George Miller fans? No, know. like not off the top of my head. So, mm. um, as of this recording, it we're still figuring out who the guests are going to be. Um, doubtless they will be awesome, but we are still putting the pound together. So when we do the episode, it will be a surprise for all of you. Um, which of our friends we decide to come on. We will, will we have returning guests? Will we have new friends? We will have no friends. I don't know. Probably no friends. Probably no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting times. (laughs) Um, all right, hell yeah. Next time, um, Nerd Movies for Mad Max Fury Road. What a lovely day. What a lovely day. That's bait. Um, hell yeah. Um, thank you all for um, joining Aaron and I for a little ch- uh, chat about Star Trek Next Generation. And, yes. Thank uh, you, dozens and dozens. Thank you, dozens and dozens of listeners. Um Thank you for being here for this little chunk of episodes, and we look forward to having you on for Mad Max Fury Road and the Star Trek we have coming down the road after that. Hell yeah. Lots of good stuff. Glory to you. Adios. Adios. (laughs) All right, everyone. Love you all so much. Thank you. We will see you all next time.